Hi, welcome to Reset Your Mindset by Life Stance Health. Myself, Dwight Thompson, and my co-host, Nicolette Lianza, will bring you conversations with leading Life Stance Health professionals who will help guide you on your journey to positive mental health and well-being. At Life Stance, we believe in the three pillars of mental health, mental flexibility, mindfulness, and resilience. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, we are really excited to have two new guests with us today. Uh, myself and Nikki Lianza are joined by Brian Manning and Dr. Eric Lane. Um, so we really thank you guys for joining us today. Um, Brian, we're going to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, uh, like I said, my name is Brian Manning. I'm a uh, licensed professional clinical counselor in the state of Kentucky. Uh, I practice uh, at Beaumont Behavioral Health um, in Lexington at the Monarch location. Um, I provide a variety of services, uh, primarily for adults um, uh, and primarily in the uh, substance abuse field. I provide an intensive outpatient program, um, the Suboxone Clinic, and then I do individual health, uh, mental health counseling uh, for adults, depression, anxiety, um, and anything um, from there. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. And Dr. Lane. Hello. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Eric Lane, MD, board certified psychiatrist, and I work at the Easton location in Ohio. I've been doing this about 15 years and just generally see adults and, of course, a wide variety of uh, mental health diagnoses. And I Thank you. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, so Nikki and I are really fortunate. Mm-hmm today to be joined uh, by Dr. Lane um, and Brian Manning. Um, If you listen to our previous episode, we were discussing COVID-19 and all of the stressors that have came of that um, as we're all kind of learning about this together. Um, And today we wanted to touch on some of the folks that are um, on the front lines of dealing Mm -hmm. with COVID-19 and and discuss some emotional first aid for those individuals and um, there's really nothing I don't think anyone can do that can overstate how appreciative everyone is of all of the work that they're doing. So um, right. we just feel fortunate that we're able to maybe shed some light into, you know, what we can do to address um, some of those concerns and, and what we see just kind of as an overall bigger picture. So, um, Nikki, I'm going to let you yeah. sort of kick it off with, with a couple of questions. So I, I think it'd be great to kind of talk to both of you about what do you hear some of your own clients saying who might be on the front lines, who are uh, health professionals in hospitals or working with patients who do have COVID. Uh, What do you hear what their frustrations are? How about we'll we'll start with Brian? Oh, yes. Uh, um, Yeah, there there are many, uh, without a doubt. Um, uh, For sure, just really trying to find a way to uh, cope with the stress of it all. Um, just uh, with everything that's happened so fast, uh, just trying to adjust and just wrap your head around uh, everything that's that's going on. Um, you know, definitely on the front lines, just the uh, amount of stress, confusion, um, you know, not quite knowing what's going to happen, um, you know, difficulty with getting supplies. So it really generates uh, a lot of stress and anxiety and uncertainty um, for them on the front line. And, and I know a lot of them too are struggling with you know, managing that stress um, and then finding a way to balance their patient care um, and then right. their personal and, and uh, family safety. 
Right, right. Yeah, Thank you. Uh, Dr. Lane, what about yourself? What are you hearing? Yeah, similar things. It's interesting because it's kind of early on. Um, I'm not hearing a lot of people overwhelmed with stress in the hospital yet. And of course, I don't see a, a whole lot of people who are right on the front lines. But from what I'm hearing, mm. the biggest problem is just disruption. I think it's disruptive of people's schedules, their sleep, their appetite. And as I mentioned, a lot of what I do to try to maintain moods is to use medications. And I find a lot of people have difficulty yeah. staying on schedule with their medicines. That's a very important sure. thing to oh, keep in mind. For sure. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point is um, it's the disruption. I think with everything, when you're looking at this pandemic mm -hmm. is um, it's, it's hour by hour. We're learning new information and we are, we're certainly in a point where we're, we're learning on the fly, which is something mm -hmm. we talked a lot about just in the most recent episode is everything sort of came at us um, in a way that, you know, there was obviously some indicators that this was going to be impacting us, but I don't think anyone could really grasp the magnitude of it. Um, and so you're right. And so there is just a, a huge feeling of disruption and um, oh interruption to sort of, you know, our daily lives and the care that we, um, especially as healthcare professionals, you're trained to be just that, a healthcare professional. You are not trained to necessarily be ready to fight something like this. So this is new for, for a lot of folks. Um, when it comes to, so you gave us some good insight to what, what you're hearing just a lot of from healthcare professionals. Um, what are some of the frustrations you're hearing? So from a more, from that perspective, um, whether it's with clients, whether it's with, you know, just, um, it, within your social life or social circle, what are some of the things that have people more frustrated than anything? And Brian, we can start with you again. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, in terms of frustration, um, yeah, I think it's really uh, has a lot to do with that that supply. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of you know the testing, uh, the, the mm -hmm. uh, personal protective equipment, um, just really getting what they need to do their job um, is right. is very mm -hmm. frustrating. Um, and so just having that yeah. you know constant uh, you know burden on them um, you know is, is immense pressure and uh, uh, causes a lot of disruption. Um, you know their whole system, their whole um, your way of doing things, you know, flips, you know, overnight. Um, and so, yeah. uh, and so, like you said, just that disruption, um, yeah. really leads to, um, a lot of confusion and, uh, um, turmoil at times. Yeah. And let me add to that, you know, with, with that disruption, the things people would usually use to help manage their stress, like those coping skills mm -hmm. are also disruptive. You know, if you'd go to the gym to work out those frustrations, mm -hmm. The gyms are closed. You know, there's just point. so much that are keeping people from being able to really truly navigate their stress because of needing to abide by the the uh, measures to keep ourselves safe from it. So that's another yeah. disruption I see. Actually, what about yourself? Great. What do you yeah. what do you what do you think about all this? Well, you make a good point, and I think one to keep in mind is that people will cope in whatever way they can. And if some of the healthy coping skills aren't as available, it, we're sure. vulnerable to unhealthy coping skills. And this is a time to really pay mm -hmm. attention to, you know, alcohol intake and, you know, as, as healthy as possible. Yeah. And, um, so I've heard many people bring up that being sequestered in their homes with 
weeks of food available is leading to mm -hmm. binge eating. That's probably the most common, you know, self-destructive coping strategy I'm hearing people mm -hmm. fall into. Uh, is that right? That is interesting. Yep. Which I think this would bring us to a good point too of, you know, what are you then recommending? And this is again for a question for both of you, Brian and Dr. Lane of kind of how to help with that. What do you, what are your suggestions? Well, you kind of have to get at the root of what is fueling the, the need to cope, which is generally things like anxiety. I think a lot of anxiety comes from a lack of information. You know, when you talk about people on the front lines, they're seeing a lot of helpless people, a lot of folks that want information and want knowledge and want to know what to expect. And I think a lot of times they don't know. So, uh, and of course we have to monitor our news diet. Mm -hmm. You can overwhelm yourself with uh, negative thoughts and overwhelming yeah. news. So finding a sweet spot there is a little difficult. And I, I find myself over and over bringing up to people that things like practicing mindfulness mm -hmm. and meditation is worth considering because it's a way to, to keep us a little more centered and less overwhelmed and scattered. Sure. Brian, what about you? Yeah. So I, I definitely come at it from the more you know, cognitive uh, and behavioral approach uh, using a lot of uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, to uh, uh, do what Dr. Lane said, just what's what's the roots um, and, and looking for those, um, you know, managing the negative thinking, of course, and then uh, identifying the underlying uh, cause there. Um, so different strategies um, of getting to that. Uh, one of those, you know, being at some of those cognitive distortions um, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, all or nothing thinking, Definitely. jumping to conclusions, um, and then just looking at uh, as well, maybe, maybe the more difficult thing is that loss of control um, and then just helping them maybe find uh, and focus what they can control. Um, right. Yeah. That, that mindfulness, you know, being present um, and trying just to, to thread that needle of, you know, demands and resources. You know, we get stressed yeah. whenever we feel like we don't have resources um, uh, to meet those demands. And so just really recentering, refocusing on, uh, you know, what can I control in this moment um, just to give sure. some sense of, of control and hope. Yeah, thank you. And you bring up a good point is that that all or nothing thinking, this is not something that's very linear at all. Um, it's not black mm -hmm. and white, there right. is just so much area to be filled in yet. Um, there's just so much gray area so that that can be just incredibly detrimental. So that that's an excellent point. Um, yeah. I, I always think of the analogy of the airplane, you know, if the the uh, oxygen mask mm -hmm. falls down, you put your own on before you sure. put someone else's on. And as a healthcare provider, you have to take care of yourself right, first. Right. And as I mentioned, you know, I treat mental health disorders and the people I'm talking to are already under treatment, but I think there are a lot of people out there who aren't already diagnosed or treated right. for which this is going to bring mm -hmm. out symptoms. Yeah. That's, that brings up, a, they need to, to know how to reach out for yeah, help. Yeah. That brings up an excellent point. Um, especially that's a great analogy with, with the airplane um, and putting on your oxygen mask and making sure mm -hmm. that you're in the best state to do what you do, which is care for others. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any, right. when, it, when it comes to seeking that care, um, you know, I think that there's a lot certainly that even just us as a practice has, has rolled out to meet folks where they're at when you look at like our telehealth initiatives and recognizing that people are not necessarily able to be in the same space um, right now. So we having that option, I think has been really beneficial, but from your standpoint as providers, what is your, um, 
we'll say advice to someone who is currently on the front lines of battling this and looking to take that first step or any step rather in, in, in getting some care, um, what would your recommendation be? What would your advice be um, to that individual? Yeah, I think that it's a point I wanted to make that right now it kind of feels like you're very disconnected from help, but actually we're, we probably have more access than ever because of these changes to telemedicine. Uh, people may not yeah. recognize that they can likely reach out, connect with a provider pretty quickly, see them from their own home and be covered by insurance in all likelihood, the same that you would right. with a normal visit. So I think mental barriers are there. This is going to be hard. No one's going to be taking patients, but really the help is there. And, you know, our website yeah. is a good place to start uh, with your own sure. insurance is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Point. Yeah, um, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. Going back to your, your point earlier, just one of the biggest things that uh, I also ask about and focusing on is, is that self-care piece um, and uh, you're putting your gas mask on. And one of the things I hear and see um, is that um, a lot of times uh, they don't feel like they can. Um, Maybe they feel guilty um, uh, about taking care of themselves uh, because, you know, they've got patients, they've got family. um, And so they're constantly putting other people before before themselves uh, and not putting that that mask on. Um, And so really just really emphasizing that self-care and just giving themselves permission, you know, to do that. Um, to help them feel their feelings, um, you know, express them, you know, really encourage reaching out uh, to others, friends, family, of course, and, um, you know, healthcare professionals that is, is available. But to me, it really starts with them uh, coaching, helping them, just giving themselves permission to take care of themselves. Thank you, Brian. That's, that's really, really insightful. So Dr. Lena, Brian, you've, both brought up really great points. You know, hearing from some of my clients who are working in the hospitals with the patients, I'm hearing definitely some frustration and even anger, you know, some anger towards people outside the hospitals who aren't adhering to the safety measures. And then also because the healthcare professionals are so overwhelmed and so overworked that I'm I'm seeing a lot of anger and lack of patience even with one another. And with that, I think in, in helping reframe that and using those cognitive behavioral, you know, that perspective of helping them reframe that we are all a team, that they're working as a team at the hospital. It can probably feel very much like it, they're on an island after, you know, a nurse is on shift for 12 plus hours and, and is really dog tired and it can feel very probably lonely and isolating. So to reframe it, to look at, she's still part of a team or he's still part of a team, a medical team, and how important it is that they do remember that and stay connected and, and patient with one another and compassionate. And you, oh. Brian, tell us your thoughts about that. Yeah. So that's definitely, you know, very true. Um, you know, again, going back uh, to that supplies and just having what they need to do to, to do their job and do it, do it well. Um, a lot of frustration and no doubt a lot of anger at, uh, um, you know, getting the resources um, or people who aren't following the rules. Um, yeah. And so definitely, mm-hmm. again, without a, lot of, uh, without a doubt, a lot of anger there. Um, and you know, one of the first things to do is, is really validate it. Um, mm-hmm. Just saying, hey, it's, it's okay to be angry. Um, it goes back to that, giving yourself that permission to feel. 
Um, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're human too. And um, you have a right to, to feel that way. Um, yeah. And so just, just really encourage them to, to have that anger, um, find healthy ways to cope as well. But, but as you said, they're really just trying to connect them with other, other people, um, hopefully healthcare professionals who, who understand, who get it. Mm-hmm. Um, just re- encourage them to reach out, express that anger, talk to others, and just so that they know um, they are not there alone um, and they are in there uh, in that t- together. Definitely. I love that, Brian. Yeah. I, like the, I like the piece of just giving yourself that permission. Um, love that. Dr. Lane, what about you? Yeah, I think a lot of what he's referring to is just this sense of what we're looking for is universality. We're all, you know, in this battle, but yet feeling separated. This is the kind of thing that normally you might recommend someone go to group therapy. But right now, group therapy isn't really much of an option, at least in the traditional sense. So it had occurred to sure. me recently that I hadn't worked at a place before that had used software like Teams uh, the way that we do. And th- that's a great okay, example yeah. of a way to stay connected, to share information. Uh, and so mm-hmm. thinking about tools, if you're in the trenches with other people who are dealing with the same frustrations and the same you know, fears, mm-hmm. being connected using our technology is a way to kind of have that universality, support each mm-hmm. other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think there is, you know, there's something to be said for our ability to stay connected, even though we are separate. Um, Our ability to record this podcast is a good example. We're all remote and in in our own spaces. And I think that when you are looking at, as Nikki said, like in some ways you're on a team when you, you use the hospital setting as an example, but the ability to communicate with your coworkers who are fighting the same thing that does go mm-hmm. a long way. And it is it is important to at least recognize that um, while we're all separate right now, we're, we are connected in so many ways. Definitely. Um, you, you brought up a, something with so some of these these visceral responses, some of our healthcare professionals are feeling and they're totally valid. Um, and as I said, to, to start off, there's really no overstating how valuable what what they are, what our healthcare professionals on the front line are doing. Is there anything you you guys have any um, feedback on when it comes to uh, providing that positive feedback for them to find their, um, not their worth, but at least feel appreciated throughout these times? Is there anything you would you would say to someone who is is feeling um, taken for granted? Any recommendations of how they can feel like um, they are valued and, and what they're doing is appreciated? Mm-hmm. Challenging. Why don't we start with Brian? Sorry. Thoughts on that, yes. Brian? Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, well, obviously, if they're talking to me, they've, they've taken that first step to, to reach out, um, you know, to try to work through it uh, in some way. Um, yeah, really going back to that, that validation of feelings and just uh, um, getting them connected with that is essential. Um, and right. again, for me, it, it continues to go back to that self-care um, and just sure. – uh, taking care of yourself, you're going to feel um, that, you, that you're taking care of yourself and that you feel loved and, and worthy uh, of, of yep. that uh, type of attention um, because, you know, so many people have uh, requested so much of you during the day. Uh, we've got to recharge our right. batteries. Um, and uh, that really has to come from that, that internal place. Right. Yeah. That's, 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 per- that's great. Um, you do, this is a situation where it feels like in a lot of ways, um, you, sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Lane, any, any feedback on that? Oh, it's tough. You guys, this hasn't been fair. You've, uh, 
given me time to think about these questions and you haven't <laughs> given Brian time. Um, but <laughs> I wasn't going to say Sorry, Brian. <laughs> no, and he's hitting on all the right things. I mean, you know, you do have to take care of yourself. I do think that interacting with other people who are in the same battle is very helpful. Not, it's just like anything. You know, when you talk to someone who doesn't really appreciate what you're dealing with, it's hard to feel validated from a person in that position. Right. Um, so, you know, getting that validation from the people who are kind of in the same battle is, is pretty important. So, Dr. Lane O'Brien, as we wind down our time together, can you share with us just some parting inspirational words, thoughts that we can kind of use to keep ourselves moving forward, keep helping those healthcare professionals moving forward and navigating this pandemic in a way that's going to be best for their mental health. So why don't we start with Brian? Yeah, really for, first and foremost for me is just um, uh, holding on to that fact that you, know, you, you are not alone. Uh, we are all in this mm-hmm. together and uh, um, it's okay to have those feelings and have those frustrations, um, but just really hanging on to that fact that uh, you, you're not alone. Um, and if you're failing it, somebody else is too, uh, the person next to you most likely. Um, and so just finding ways to stay connected, reach out, be open and honest um, with those around you um, and, and let them know what you need. Hey, I need to take a walk. I need to take a nap. Um, and so just really keep those communication lines open uh, to, uh, to get what you need and just reinforce that, that uh, truth that you are not alone. Great. Thank, Thank you, you, Brian. Dr. Lane? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very abnormal time, and what we crave is normalcy. So, you know, we're kind of going through this desert looking for a little oasis from time to time to keep us going. And, you know, I think those are things like playing Uno with my daughters or, you know, taking the dog for a walk or these things that just kind of give a little break for your brain and and a chance to recharge with some normalcy. So keep that in mind. Well, guys, we just genuinely appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, Just incredible insight and great information. Um, I think that there's a lot of healthcare professionals that can have some major takeaways from this and and more than anything, just feel validated and um, have some next steps as far as what they can do for their own self-care. But um, I'm pretty sure I speak for all of us when I say that we um, just extend our deepest gratitude to everyone on the front lines facing Mm COVID-19 and um, are just very appreciative for all the hard work of our healthcare professionals in the nation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank yes. you for having us. Well put, Dwight. Thank you, Brian. Doctor, thank you, Dr. Lane. Absolutely. You're welcome. Pleasure to be here. So, Nikki, um, I don't know about you, but I certainly uh, had quite a few takeaways and was just really impressed by all of the information that um, our team members here at Life Stands with Brian and Dr. Lane had to share with us. Uh, I don't know what what were some of your what were some of the most uh, what were the pieces that stood out the most to you? Yeah, um, let me start because there's quite a few I have. You know, I think Brian brought up a lot of good points. He brought up about validating the emotion if someone is feeling mm-hmm. angry or frustrated um, to validate that to allow themselves to to feel that emotion, to give themselves permission to feel, I think is, is so key. And then yes. to reframe some of the thinking that might be fueling some of that anger and frustration too. Yeah. I think another point he brought up was that 
you know, we're not alone. It, it could definitely feel like that when you're on that shift that you're feeling pretty alone, but we are all in this together. And then the last point that he brought was uh, focusing on what we can control, which is something we forget. I think we get right. so overwhelmed, but we do have to focus it down on what we can control. What about you? That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think the thing that stood out to me the most was the balance piece, um, mm-hmm. which sounds, you know, it sounds so simple, but it, it's, it is so sought after and so hard to obtain the balancing, the taking care of yourself. Um, a lot of times, I mean, our healthcare professionals are not just healthcare professionals. They're moms, their dads, their husbands, their wives, they're all sorts of different things. So um, balancing those roles of taking care of yourself while also trying to take care of your family, trying to take care of mm-hmm. your patients. Um, mm-hmm. That is just so difficult. And I thought that uh, both Dr. Lane and Brian gave some good insight onto how to do that and how to just spend some time on yourself. Um, and so the balance piece just truly was, was what stood out to me the most. Um, and then the next piece that I, I, I thought was, was really important was, was the validation and, and mm-hmm. letting yourself feel those feelings, um, not to try to block them out, not to try to suppress yeah. them, um, but to really own it and understand that um, there is no normal when it comes to this. This yeah. is again, something yeah. we're, we're taking on for the first time um, in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, I thought I that there was some great pieces there. And one other point, Dr. Lane brought this up is the universal. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to edit that <laughs> out. Universality. I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that in the battle, we feel separated, but the, the key, especially when you're on the front lines, you know, use mm-hmm. our technology to connect. You mentioned yep. kind of like that, want to go back to that normal, you know, we're craving that normal, you know, finding spots throughout our days to recharge. I think you definitely emphasized that as well. So Agreed. Thank you everyone for joining us. We had a really excellent conversation with Dr. Lane and Brian Manning. And Nikki and I are uh, just very appreciative that we get to connect with our Life Stance team members located all throughout the Midwest. And we are just trying day by day to continue to be a resource and provide support to anyone that needs it uh, throughout this trying time. Uh, We appreciate everyone for listening, and until next time.